We are a band of brothers, diverse yet unified, aligned to pursue the truth, resolute in our commitment. We are stronger together, and you are one of us. This is the Brotherhood Podcast. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. Today we get to tune in and listen to our October breakfast with Pastor Steve Smotherland. Let's tune in and listen to his message to the Brotherhood. You know, as Pastor Johnny and Pastor Lee said, I, I've known Pastor Willie George for over 30 years. In fact, I consider him my pastor to this day. I came here when I was in my late 20s, and we served, my wife and I, and we, uh, we, we learned. And, and, and I'm telling you one thing I have learned from Pastor Willie George, or Cot, or both, is the spirit of faith that he has. And, um, and, and to, I was with him when he was in the industrial park down the road. And, and when we moved to this first building, <clears throat> and I, I was here when they talked about the land. We had our first picnic here in the land, and my wife and I came, and it was raining like crazy. It was muddy. Our kids, we literally had to take off their clothes to put them up, but we came. And so I love this church. And, and I, I think Pastor Whitney, uh, if you don't know, I, I told him this. Pastor Whitney, it, it is amazing to me, and I admire uh, you taking over for a general in the faith. Can you imagine that? I, I can't. I, I can't imagine taking over for somebody and the courage it's taken and, and what, who knows what he's gone through. But can you give it up for your pastor, Pastor Whitney? I mean, <clears throat> I admire anybody that's willing to fight and, and stay in there and just overcome and try to figure things out. And a lot of times that doesn't happen in our society. You know, there's a lot of males in our society today, but there's not a lot of men. And, I, and I, I, I grieve over it. You know, men should be men. And one thing I say about our church at Legacy Church is we're a man's church. And what I mean by that is we, when we get you saved, we want you to stay a man. And there's things that men do when they're five and six that they think is funny. And at 40, 50, 60, we still think it's funny. <laughs> and the one good thing about being a real man is that you never fully have to grow up. How many know what I'm talking about? Our wives look at us like we'll laugh, you know, we'll banter back and forth and laugh. And my wife is like shaking her head like, you men. I said, I know, isn't it great? It's great. I don't understand the confusion. I mean, God maybe man. I'm pretty happy about that. I watch my wife have babies. I'm like, I'm so happy I'm a man. And so, but it's an honor to be here, guys. It feels like I'm coming home. Um, what, when I was here, I worked for UPS for 10 and a half years. What could Brown do for you? I was that guy. Um, I officiated and, and uh, did a lot of officiating around the, the city and the state. And, and so I'm very familiar with Tulsa. And this, was, this is what I consider kind of my home when we talk about Tulsa. It's where I met my wife. My kids were born here. I have eight grandkids now. I was, think about late 20s when I came here. Now I'm 62. Things have happened. But what God has done because of what I learned here, the spirit of faith that I, I learned and, and caught has helped me uh, do really for God to use us to do great things in New Mexico. Uh, the church I pastor is quite large, and, and who knows why. I, people ask me all the time, how'd you do it? I say, I know I got lucky. But I think the reason that, that God kind of has, not kind of, has blessed it is because i just unwilling to quit, to never give up. You men in here, some of you may not know God, and some of you that know God, you know that we, we, we tend to want to give up too quickly. 
And, and what we need to understand is salvation is a free gift. Uh, but once you are saved, you have to work some things out. And a lot of times with shame, feeling unworthy, no good, things we've done, things we've said, it's, it's hard to do that at times. And it's easy to feel unworthy with God unless you understand that everything he's given us is a free gift. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. He just gave it to you. He gave you eternal life. And, and, and that's a gift that he gives us. And we, as men, we cannot be afraid to work on things. We cannot be afraid to just, just work on stuff and be open. Find a friend that you can talk to because every one of us knows we, there's times we need to talk to somebody. It takes courage to face your past. And we have to go, you know, we have to go forward beyond that and, and work through your salvation. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. Be on guard as they were to be constantly watchful or alert for spiritual enemies in their lives that might try to slip in and threaten to destroy them, to create division and strife, to have too much pride, to, um, to sin, uh, to deal with disorders or wrong teaching, wrong thinking. We, we, have to, we have to be on guard because if we're not careful, we'll, we'll think wrong. And, and, and how do you know you're thinking wrong? When you, because when you go to the scriptures, if it doesn't line up, your thinking doesn't line up with the scriptures, we have to change our thinking. Can I say this? The devil doesn't care if you come to a breakfast. He doesn't care if you go to church. He doesn't care if you ever lift your hand in worship. As long as you don't change, he doesn't care. And when you have the guts, the courage to change your life, to look at things and say, I gotta change this, I gotta change that. I gotta deal with this and I gotta deal with that. It's not always pleasant, it's not always fun, and sometimes it's just flat ugly. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody? So, so we, we need to understand that God is for us, not against us. Anything I have from God is a gift. People sometimes, God, I did this, 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 this for you and you didn't do this for me. It's like, what, what, what? He gave you eternal life. And I've learned to stop saying that stuff. I used to say it all the time. God, I did this. I moved to the People's Republic of New Mexico for you. And God's like, are you serious? I saved you from eternal death. Are you kidding me? You didn't even earn that. You don't deserve it. And some of us act like, you know, people act like we deserve things from God. I'm just grateful for what I have. I'm grateful the journey he took me on. I went to Bible school and nobody wanted me. Nobody. They, no, there was no offers or nothing. So I ended up at UPS. And I hated UPS. I used to tell the Lord, Lord, if I, when I get to heaven, if I can remember UPS, you and I are going to discuss that. And I stayed there 10 and a half years with that sorry attitude. And I didn't realize it was my attitude that was keeping me back. One day I was driving down the road in my UPS truck and broken arrow. And, and I, I said, okay, God, it, 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 you know, if this is what you want me to be, a UPS driver, I will purpose to be the best UPS driver there is. And it was the first time I truly submitted to just the fact that he wanted me to be a UPS driver. I used to tell him, when we get to heaven, I'm going to talk to you. We're going we're gonna to have a discussion like, why did you keep me there so long? And now I know the answer. I don't have to ask him because of your cruddy attitude. Your attitude stinketh in King James. <laughs> and, and, and seriously, and I just submitted, and it was a short time after that, he opened the door for me to go pastor. And, and, I, and that was the desire of my heart. I went to Bible school to do that. 
But guys, I haven't always been a pastor. I, again, I, I've worked at UPS. I, I refereed um, basketball, football here, fast pitch softball. Come on. I mean, I, I did all that. I've been screamed at, yelled at, cursed at. No one cared that I was a Christian. Even in New Mexico, I officiated. No one cared I was a pastor. They, they, they began to say, you're sorry, pastor, because they thought I missed a call. And so what I've learned, though, is all those experiences helped me. I learned the pastor by working at UPS, if you can believe that or not. Because we, we, if, we, if we're not careful, we, we, we get too prideful, and then God can't change us. We have to think about it. Man, God, God saved you just like you are. He knows everything you do before you do it. He knows your risings, your sitting. He knows how many hairs are left on some of your heads. And some of us, it doesn't take much to count. I mean, he knows it all, and he still wants you in the family. And so we've got to learn to be strong, to stand firm in, in, in what, uh, when, they, when the Bible says stand firm, it's in what they believed according to the word of God. You must stand firm. We must be courageous. And get this, when Paul says be courageous in the Greek, it says to be a man. You gotta be a man. We gotta stand up. You know what bothers me about men, and I think every man should lose his, his, his man card for is when you get offended. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 165, those who love the law of God, nothing shall offend them. And I have worked hard on my life to never be offended. In fact, I tell people in our church, if you want to offend me, just stand in line. Just take your best shot. It's not going to work. I may get a little ticked off. I may even want to fight. Because I'm saved, but sometimes I'm, you know, my son said this, I, I, I'm saved, but I'm not soft. And sometimes you look at guys like, I, I think I'll take a shot at that. Sometimes you look at guys like, nah, I ain't taking a shot at that. Uh, they can keep the belt. I don't want any part of that. But we're men. We go through it. Even we're pastors, we, we still have the same thing. I mean, I've had people, uh, you know, years ago take me to lunch and tell me how much they love me, and then, but when I'm leaving the church, and I'm like, oh, no, this is over. So I got up from the church and said, don't ever take me to lunch and tell me you're leaving because you won't like the way I act. And I said, in fact, some of you, I'd like to take you to lunch <laughs> and say, man, I love you, but please don't ever come back. <laughs> and if you don't, I'll do the happy dance, you know, whatever that is. I can't dance, so. But being courageous and being a man are, are, um, are what we need, are synonymous. You cannot be a man without courage. It takes courage to work out your salvation. It takes courage to face your past. It takes courage to face the issues that you might deal with because none of us are perfect. And can I say this? I've been saved a long time. I'm still working on stuff. Come on. We, we all have to. We, we, there can't be shame in that. We, and, and the church should not condemn. We, 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 we're, we should support one another. And, but people are like, oh, can you believe what he did? Yes, you can believe what he did because you're a stinking man. We're men. We know what men are capable of, good or bad. And we know our battles and what we fight. And, and it should be a place where we look at it and we have the courage to do it. Courage is mental or moral strength to persevere and withstand danger. It's fear or difficulty to, to persevere, to overcome those things. Courage doesn't mean you are not afraid. It means you do not... Um, what you need to do. You, you, you do what you need to do, even though you might be afraid of it. Some of us need to serve in the church. And someone's like, man, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, you can. I remember when I got saved, I had long hair. 
I was the kid that went to college in overalls without a shirt with those big flip-flops that used to be called thongs. Anybody, anybody own up know what I'm talking about? We called them thongs until one day I went to the store with my kids and they were looking for them. I said, hey guys, I found the thong aisle. And they were mortified. They're like, dad, what did you say? I said, yeah, here's the thong aisle. And they said, oh dad, we're not, we're not buying thongs. I said, yeah, they're right there. <laughs> they, I didn't know they had panties called thongs. <laughs> then I had to call them slippers. Like, what's the fun in that? Philippians 2, verses 12 and 13, dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now I am away. It is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Most translations would say work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. You know, I, I, I often think about this. God's not looking for perfect people. He's just work, looking for men who are willing to obey. And when you don't get it right, you repent. I say this a lot. People should be, if we're going to be with Christ, we should be professional repenters. I mean, we should be like all-star quality, making the Pro Bowl. We should be that good at repenting. I mean, we should be great at it. How many are good at repenting in here? I mean, you should be great. You say, well, I don't repent. Yeah, that's a problem. Because we're not recognizing what's going on in our lives or what we're dealing with or what we work through. And it doesn't mean we're bad people. It just means we're normal people. We're humans. And I think that God is so gracious and merciful that, first of all, he made us men. Thank God. How many of y'all are happy you made me, you know? Yeah, everybody's raising their hand now. On the other ones, you didn't, but on the other one, I got I'm just playing. I'm so honored to be here. I'm telling you guys, I, I love this house. And, I, um, and, and the leadership you have here is incredible. And, and I, I just think that, you know, we all, as men, whether you're, and, and no one's exempt from dealing with stuff. And when you got saved, you brought stuff with you from your childhood, pain of rejection for some of you, pain of abandonment, pain of, I've, I've met with some big, huge guys at times, and the pain of my dad never told me he loved me. See, men, we, we have real emotion, but sometimes we don't know what it is to be a man. We think sometimes to be a man is to be stoic and never, never, you know, say anything or do anything. And sometimes it means that. We have to be the heads of our home. We have to be the fathers that God wants us to be. We've got to lead our family. Our kids need to see us lift our hands and surrender to God because that's showing them humbleness. We just, we just need to be who God's called us to be without losing our masculinity. I mean, we, we, you know, some guys tell me, man, if I get saved, they, they act like they have to become feminine. When I first got saved years ago, um, people would come up to me and they'd go, hey, how you doing? They'd talk like that. Hey, how you doing? And people would say, aren't they so humble? And I used to look at them like, is that what we gotta be like? I mean, that's kind of wimpy. Then they shake your hand like a, like a whatever. Like, what, what, what is that? Like, let's shake hands. And, and, and I, I used to think if that's what it means to be a Christian, man, I ain't doing it. God, I'm out. But that was what they told me. You're humble if you're real, hey, if you're real meek and mild. Why can't I be humble and be, hey, how's it going? That's not, I mean, but oh, that's loud. No, it's not, it's being a man. 
mean, we high five, we scream when our team scored a touchdown or whatever. I mean, we act a fool sometimes. How many of y'all act a fool sometimes watching TV and football? Yeah, you're like, yes, or, you know, oh, you terrible, whatever. But yet when it comes to other life, we're like, oh, how you doing? I'm doing good. Like, I'm like, what the heck? And if you're going to shake hands, shake hands like a man. I hate that. When guys do that to me, I'm like, what the heck is happening there? Like, you're never shaking my hand again. So we need to work out, work hard to live out one's faith. It's going to take work, guys, and you're going to mess up. But if you have the courage to keep going through your mess ups, God can do some incredible things with you. What God has given me today, I couldn't imagine. When the scriptures say, if you honor God, he'll give you abundantly above all you could ask or think, I never, I never knew what that was, but I know today. Because what he's put in my hands is amazing. I, I don't even know how. I'm not the smartest, I'm not the brightest. I'm not the, I don't have the, uh, you know, I'm not the most studious. And isn't it funny, I hated studying. And then God put me in a place where I had to study all the time. Like, like you, I know he's laughing. He's got to be like, watch this. I mean, my senior year, I said, I'm going to graduate from high school without taking a book home my whole senior year. And you know what? Those, those suckers gave me a diploma. I was like, well, see, it worked. And then I went to college and I'm like, I hate this. And then I got saved and I went to Bible school to be a preacher. I was terrified, terrified to stand in front of people, terrified to the point that I would, I would take F's in school. I, wouldn't, I would do a report and they said, you have to read in front of the class. I said, not me. My mom has told me, my dad told me, and these are two of my brothers. My brother Brian and Chris are here. They attend this church. I think they go to the Broken Arrow campus where they serve and help. And, 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 and so my family comes here. But my mom told me not too long ago, a few years ago at Christmas, she goes, of all my kids, I would say Steve would be the last one to ever stand up in front of people. I was that terrified. And then God calls you in the ministry. I'm in my second year of Bible school. They said, you got to preach. And I'm like, what? Like in front of people? And someone said, well, if you're going to be a preacher, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be that kind of preacher. So that seriously, the night before, I stayed up all night. I, I had to preach for 10 minutes in the lab and the, the, you know, the professor sitting there like, you know, and I'm like, okay, here we go. I had 10 minutes, 10. I stayed up all night. I didn't sleep. I tweaked it, tweaked it, tweaked it. I'm like freaking out because I'm terrified. And I get up there and it went something like this. And it was over. It was like the clock hadn't even barely started and I was done. And I remember looking at the professor, he's looking at me and the students, and I'm like, I'm, I, I, I just wish I'd have died. And, and sometimes you have to work through your fears in order to serve God. It's called being humble. And, and here I stand today, and I still have to fight with little Steve sometimes because I get nervous. Sometimes I'll stand up before I... And that's just to calm me. So we, we're constantly growing. We're constantly dealing with things. And, and if we keep walking with God and work it out, you'll get through it. Will you ever be perfect? No, folks. I, I'm tired of people telling me you gotta be perfect. I'm like, I'm not perfect. But I'm still willing. If you ever go back to the Old Testament, I've been reading through the Bible, you know, and, and I've, I've noticed for some reason this year that 
that when God dealt with the kings of Israel, and it, it, this shocks me. I don't, I don't even know how to process this. I'm just going to give you a little bit of my meditation that he, he never really rebuked them for anything. I mean, Solomon had, what, 1,000 women, 400 wives, 600 concubines, and the concubines were only there for him to have sex with. That's all they were for. That was their whole purpose in life. And you know what? The Ten Commandments had already been given. And God never wants, you can't find where he really rebuked him for adultery. Now, I'm, it's wrong, don't get me wrong. But here's when he rebuked him, when he worshiped another God. He said, because you did that, I'm taking the kingdom away from you. I'll keep Judah because of your father, David. And as bad as David was as a man, as a father, he never worshiped any other God but God. And folks, let me say this to you. You want to get in trouble with God, even today, you worship something other than him. You can make mistakes and God will forgive you every time. You can sin and God will forgive you every time. You start worshiping something different and that's, and, and, and it's so interesting to me, the Bible says, my anger was kindled against you, not because you had 600 concubines and 400 wives, but because you started worshiping other gods. God has to be first in our life. He has to be, and we have to work through things. So we have to live out one's faith. We have to carry it out correctly. We have to work for, to full completion, to practice, to demonstrate, to constantly work to bring something to completion. Folks, it's, it's work. Sometimes we get down on ourselves, well, I'm not quite getting it, but man, you keep at it, you'll get it. You'll overcome whatever you need to overcome. Whatever attitude, whatever thing you're dealing with, you'll overcome it. If you're unwilling to quit, if you'll stand strong, and if you'll let go of the past sometimes, and, and because regret and shame destroy your life, and shame is really the sense of unworthiness that I don't feel like I'm worthy at all. How many of you here have sinned? Anybody? And I'm telling you, how many of y'all sometimes deal with regret and shame? Yeah. Because we should want to please God. But you know, God doesn't ever put that on us. That's ourselves. That's the enemy of our soul. And we can let go of the past. And you can't move forward if you're looking backwards. Yeah, I regret so many things. If I could, I mean, if there was really a time machine where you could go back in time, I would go back, way back, and deal with stuff that I did even in high school. A friend of mine in the church was going to a funeral that came from Clovis where I, where I finished growing up because we were a military family. And he said he was going to this certain girl's dad's funeral. And when he said her name, I was just so grieved. And I'm, I'm, I'm in my 60s or late 50s at the time. And I said, would you please tell her I said I was sorry? He looked at me and said, what? I said, just tell her I was sorry. She'll know. So he did. He said, I went to her and I said, and her name was Joanna. She said, he said, Joanne, Steve's mother said he's sorry. And she goes, ah, you know what? I felt awful still. And she said, you know what? We were all kids and we were all stupid. I was so relieved. It was like, okay. So regret, if you're not careful, will keep you in the past. Shame will keep you, keep you looking the wrong way. I mean, how can I do it this way without hitting something at some point? And we got to let it go. What you did yesterday, you got to let go. Because it's going to be hard to serve God if you don't. You say, would God really forgive me? He'll forgive you every time you repent. But what if I do it again? Then you got to keep repenting until you overcome it. Just because we repent of something one time doesn't mean we've overcome. What it means is I recognize I'm accountable to a God that's real, the only true God. And God, I'm so accountable to you now, I'm willing to admit. God is so gracious with us. First John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
I, this is how the mercy of God works. If you're willing to repent of the sins you know you do, God says, I'm willing to forgive you the sins you have no idea you've done. We can't know the whole law of God. There's things we do that we don't even know we do, but God says, I'll forgive you because you're willing to admit to me and be accountable. So it's a submission. God, I realize I'm accountable to you. So we need to take what God has given you and work it out in your life. Work things out. It also means to mine. These words means to mine. You gotta dig in. You gotta dig out this whatever it is and you gotta dig in and put in the good stuff and, and be willing to change. And you know, I've met guys like, oh, I'm just made this way, I'm gruff and rough. I said, I don't mean to, that, what do you mean you're made that way? No, you're, you're, you're an idiot sometimes that way. God didn't make you to be arrogant and rugged all the time and mean-spirited. He never made you that way. Life may have made you that way. Maybe your examples of men made you that way. Or what a man is. But folks, you gotta be willing to change. That means God has a right to anything in our hearts and minds. But if we don't change this one thing, letting go of the past and looking forward, you'll always be stuck somewhere. You'll always be stuck with what happened to you as a little boy. Maybe being abandoned by a parent, rejected by someone you thought loved you. And they, 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 they are hurts. And I've, I've been around too many men to know that they, we, we hurt sometimes. But God's a merciful God. He'll help us. So we need to work out what God has put in us. A holy concern about it, to give God honor and avoid his chastening and his displeasure. Too many are waiting to do something great for God which is okay, but for way too many, they overlook or just disregard serving God right where they are at. When I first came to this church, my wife and I came, and then one day Pastor Willie George got up and said, uh, you know, and I'm sitting there, and, and one of the ushers that we sat in the same area, two or three rows every service, we are in the industrial park, and he came up to me and said, hey, Steve, you ever think about being an usher? And I, in my mind, because I, I was at Bible school, I had graduated, I was, I was ordained already, I was preaching in prisons all the time, and, um, and I thought to myself, yeah, I, mean, I was pleasant, like, oh, yeah, okay, and then I'm, inside I'm like, I ain't no usher. That's what I said. Then my wife, who sometimes, how many of y'all know our wives sometimes think they're the Holy Ghost, like, they're her and the Holy Ghost, we're like this. And she goes, hey, Steve, why don't you volunteer to be an usher? And I looked at her, I said, I'm no usher. No, I'm a preacher. <laughs> and Pastor George goes up and says, listen, I'm not going to preach until I get 10 men to stand up to be ushers. Here's my thought. I said, well, I don't care if you preach at all. <laughs> True story. I said, maybe I don't preach. And then he goes, well, you know, I said, I don't care if you preach. I'm not standing up. I am no usher. And the next, that Sunday, Monday, I'm driving my UPS truck out Broken Arrow. I delivered way out Broken Arrow when it wasn't paved out there. So it was on the dirt roads. And I remember I'm praying and I'm worshiping God because I'm by myself. You know, UPS is kind of a lonely job. And, and as I'm worshiping God and praying, this thought came to me. And, and this is what I saw. And, and I, not like, see, but this is what came to my mind. And he said, you know, Steve, if you can't worship me from here, so imagine I'm standing in there, you'll never I mean, if you can't serve me from here, you'll never serve me from up here. And folks, all God wants us to do is be willing and humble to serve wherever we're at. 
You may do something great for God, and it may be when you're door greeting and you greet somebody. All the men greeted us when we came in. They had no idea we were there. They're like, hey, welcome. And I'm like, okay, great. And, 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 and they welcomed us. You don't know how great that could be when you shake another man's hand and say, thank you, hey, man, I'm glad you're here today, that they needed to hear that they were welcomed in this house. Doing things great for God is not always being recognized or noticed. It's doing what, you, what God has put before you, doing what you can, just to help somebody, somebody else. And you never know that effect you'll have when you just tell somebody welcome. I mean, God is that good. And so when, 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 I, when God said that to me, I, I, you know, we didn't have cell phones. I went to a pay phone. I called Church on the Move and said, how do I get involved in the church? What do I need to fill out? What do I need to do? And they had me fill out this whole application. They even called my references. Thank God my references kind of like me. And then they said, okay, Steve, you got to go through this class and you can usher. So I ushered. And can I tell you guys, I, I've been a Christian a long time. Those years I ushered here and worked the hospitality room for Pastor Willie George and, 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 and uh, did prison ministry here. My wife worked in the nurseries. Those are some of my fondest years as a Christian, not doing this. Just serving somebody with just doing it. That's what being a man is. Willing to do what it takes just to honor God. Salvation is a free gift. You cannot earn it. You don't deserve it. And so none of us can boast. That's why you never tell God your resume. Scary scripture in the Bible to me is Matthew 7, 21, 22, where the Jesus said, and that day they'll come up to me saying, Lord, Lord, we bashed the demons. We built the village. We did all these things. And he goes, you know what I'm gonna say to you? I have no idea who you are. Get away from me. Think about that. Think about the audacity of giving God your resume, how great I am. That's why they didn't know him. They did what they wanted to do, but they didn't do what he wanted them to do. And when we blame God and say, God, I did this, and God, I did that, and God, I don't understand, God, we may not understand, but we gotta be careful blaming the only God that's real that can save your life. We don't wanna be caught up in that last day. I, don't ever, I will never walk up to the Lord giving him my resume. I, I can't even imagine telling him what I did. I did nothing without him. We, we, we do nothing. And, and you say, well, I built this and I built that. <clears throat> That's fine, but when you get to heaven, he's not gonna talk about what business you built, how much money you made. He's gonna talk about what did you do with my word and what did you do with my son Jesus and did you follow the Holy Spirit? And I'm gonna say this to you as I close. Without being filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. I'm telling you guys, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important to my life to this day. Most of my praying is in other tongues, not in English. Because if we're honest with ourselves, our English is very limited. I don't care how great a prayer you guy you are, you will pray the same thing over and over and over again. And God gives me a release to be able to pray and honor him. And the word of God is not spooky. People have made it spooky. I don't like the spooky natural, but I do love the supernatural. I don't like the weird stuff, like, you know, running, screaming, jumping, hollering. Go to, go to aerobics class. Well, I jumped a pew. Well, good. I crawled over one. Oh, I don't know. But the real move of God 
is to change your life. And we should all want to please God. I end with this. Years ago, when I talk about pleasing God, when I was a teenager, I came home one night and I was drunk. I was drunk as heck. And my dad had just got home from the VFW and he was drunk. Well, he knew I was drunk and I drove home. He was drunk and drove home. And it was the only time I've ever did this in my life. I think it was 16, 17. And he, he came in, he said, boy, you've been drinking and driving? And I, I don't know what happened to me. I went crazy, stupid. And I said, yes, I have. And he said, well, give me the car keys. I said, here's your, and I used the F word, here's your effing keys. Oh, my gosh. He was right here. And my dad was big. He was, and you didn't want to mess with him. And my younger brother and my mom saved my life that night. Seriously, he, I challenged him, and I, 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 don't, I was just stupid. I was like, to this day, I grieve over it, and he's gone to be with the Lord. He's, in, he's not here. And I remember that for the next two weeks, he wouldn't even talk to me. I'd say, hey, Dad, I'm going this. He'd go, yeah, go do what you want. He wouldn't even talk. And, it, and I wasn't saved, and it broke my heart. I'm like, what the heck? I just displeased my dad. I didn't mean to. Went on for two weeks. I couldn't take it. Stand out in our backyard, drinking a beer, lean against the post. Some of you guys remember that backyard in Westchester. And I went out there, and he wouldn't even acknowledge me. I said, Dad, I'm so sorry. And I'll never forget what he did. He said, okay. That's it. And then we were back to normal. Can I tell you something? Without even knowing it, that's a picture of our father. That's why we want to be born again. We want to get right with God. That's why it's okay to be a man. And I learned, even from a dad that wasn't saved to the end of his life, when he said okay, he never brought it up again, and we were fine. We were just like we'd always been. But it broke my heart that I grieved him, that I displeased him. That's the way we should think about God. He's that real. He's real, guys. And it's like, God, I'm sorry. I know I blow it. But, and God says, yeah, pick yourself up. Be strong. Be a man. Get up and keep moving forward. That's the whole goal. If we never quit, we will arrive wherever we're supposed to arrive one day. And God will bless what you put your hand to do. The Bible says if you acknowledge God in all your ways, I love this, he will lead and direct your paths. And the living Bible says, and he will prosper whatever you put your hand to do. I, I wake up in the morning and pray that all the time. Just like that, God, I acknowledge you in my life today. I thank you for leading directing my past and crowning my efforts with success. That's what God will do for you. Yeah, but it's hard. Yeah, life is hard. It, it, it's hard when you're not a Christian. It's hard when you are a Christian. Life is hard sometimes. It's tough. But if we never quit and we're willing to let go of the past, God himself will bless you. Yeah, but preacher, I make a lot of mistakes. So what? So does everybody else. God's not worried about your mistakes. He's worried about who you put first. Who do you worship? And when we submit ourselves to God and say, God, just forgive me. He says, okay. Okay. Got it. You're done. That's the goodness of God. And to be a man means to have courage to be willing to overcome what you're afraid of, what you fear, your pains, your hurts, your regrets. It's willing to get with God and say, God, can you just, I know you forgive me, but help me to deal with the regret and shame. Help me to 
be more of what you want me to do. Help me to understand that serving is not a weakness. It's, it's a strength. Help me, God, to understand that I don't have to be perfect to serve God. Listen, I, I'm not qualified to serve God. Jesus qualified me, though. But in myself, I can never be qualified. I don't care what you've done in life. God is there for you, good or bad. If you're willing to let go of the past and keep moving forward with God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for being here. I thank you for teaching us. I thank you for these men who are willing to get up so early in the morning and come to a place like this, the brotherhood. It's so incredible for me to see. Thank you for those who are willing to sponsor tables and bring their friends and their coworkers and maybe their employees and people that they know and say, just come because they have a heart and they know we all need Jesus. And folks, you can get right with God today and still be a man. That's the greatness of God. He don't want to make you any less of a man. He wants to make you more of what a man is really supposed to be. A man that can be strong and, and, and you know, deal with things, but yet a man who can be kind and tender at the same time. Not weak, not effeminate, not feminine. And so thank you, Father, for making us who you made us. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Father, for speaking to hearts and minds in this place, because it doesn't matter what I say. It's not what I say that counts. It's what, what, what you say to each one in here that counts the most. So God, I know from the moment people walked in here, you were dealing with hearts and minds. And so Father, I pray your word that was preached today and the Holy Spirit would convince those that need to get right with you today, start a whole new chapter of their life. The best chapter. The one that they were created to begin to fulfill. So thank you, Father, for being with us this whole time. And we're grateful in Jesus' name. If you're here with every head bad men, just for a moment, just in a state of humbleness, just, and you say, you know, I don't know God. I, I don't. I don't know if I died where I'd go, but I'd like to know him. And preacher, if you're telling me God's as good as you say he is, I do want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of his family. Maybe you've walked with God and you've walked away and you know you're not right. Maybe it's because you, you, you keep falling into the same trap or sin or whatever and you, you're so condemned, you're so shameful and you think not even God could love me. It's a lie, folks. It's not true. And if you're willing to say, God, forgive me, he'll be, and I love, he just, okay. I'll do it. So if you're in here today and you say, hey, would you pray with me, preacher? I really do need to get my life right. Preacher, I've never, I've never given God my life. I've never prayed a prayer. And folks, I'm not asking you to be saved. I'm asking you to let Jesus be Lord of your life. Because the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with the mouth the Lordship of Jesus, he'll save you. Salvation is a byproduct of Lordship. I think so oftentimes we think, well, I'm saved. No, you're not saved until you, he's Lord of your life. And that doesn't mean you're perfect. That doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It just means you always come back and submit your will to his. If that's you, right where you're seated, and you say, would you pray with me? Man, I need to get my life right. Right where you're seated, I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. It's so profound. The Bible says we confess, if we acknowledge God before men, that he will acknowledge us before our Father in heaven. 
And so this is, a, this is that part of where you can acknowledge him. If that's you and you say, okay, man, would you lead me? Would you pray with me? I just, I just need to get my life right. If that's you in Jesus' name, are you ready? Right where you're seated, without, without any hesitation, just a moment of courage for some of us. Who cares who knows anything about us? Who cares what people know or don't know? It's a moment where I say, I don't care what anybody thinks. I just need to really get my life right today. This is a great place to do it. If that's you in Jesus' name right now, are you ready? And out any hesitation in Jesus' name, would you just lift your hand wherever you're sitting? Is there anybody in here that says, preacher, thank you, sir? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Just put it up. Put it down, guys. I'm just asking you now. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? We're just going to pray together. This whole place is going to pray. Thank you, sir. There's no shame, guys. No condemnation. God's just looking and saying, check this out. And you're going to ask him to forgive you in a moment. He's going to go, okay. And you're going to get walking with him. Anybody else have the courage one time just to say, okay, man, I hate this. I don't know anybody, but okay. But you can, God knows you. Anybody else? Father, in Jesus' name, you saw those hands. I thank you for the men that were willing to say yes to you today, that you'll change their lives. I break condemnation and shame off people in this place, God, and regret because those are spirits that hold us back. I thank you today they'll sense your presence in a real way, a freshness, like a weight lifted off, like I'm okay. I'm just like other men. I just got to work at it. I just got to keep working at it until you overcome. So bless each one, Father, in Jesus' name. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this prayer loud with me. Is that okay with me? The Bible says we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth. And I'm going to ask everybody in here that's right with God, all the men that are right, would you pray in support of those as part of serving God, letting other people, other men know we're with you, man. And maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you should have. We're going to introduce you to Jesus today. Would you pray this prayer with me, Eli? Would you pray, Father, I choose to believe in Jesus. And I believe... You raised him from the dead to give me a new life. So according to your word, I believe in my heart. And now I willingly confess with my mouth, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. I choose you. Thank you for choosing me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor Johnny. Thank you, Pastor Lee.